We are the Rehab Sports Guys, live on 12OundSportsRadio.com and 12OZSportsRadio.com. Let's get it. Welcome in, everybody. This is David from the Rehab Sports Guys. I am here by myself right now, but I will later be joined by Jesse, a.k.a. J. Will, the guru. Um, Ian's out doing a little family little family stuff today to uh, do the family thing, but uh, I'm going to get, get into this little all-star weekend this weekend. Uh, we had the home run derby last night. As everybody probably knows by now, Bryce Harper's won the home run derby, the hometown kid, which is a cool story. It's a cool thing for a hometown kid to, you know, be able to win the home run derby in his own in his own home park. That's kind of cool. Uh, for it being such a, for it being such a quote quote weak field to start the start the derby everybody really kind of knocked it this year because they didn't think the names lived up to the hype or whatever it may be but in my opinion i think it ended up being tuned down it actually ended up being turning out to be pretty good this week i mean schwarber went off bryce harper went off reese hoskins went off i mean it ended up being a really, really good show last night, and it was actually quite enjoyable, in my opinion. Uh, you had Hoskins went for, I think, 16 in the first round. Uh, Javi Baez went for, I believe, 17 in the first round. So, pretty much everybody in the, in the, in the derby did well last night. Freddie Freeman was the lone wolf there that didn't really do a whole lot but even he hit a dozen bombs in the in the uh in the competition so even he did well for a guy that's not even a power hitter he did well um let's think here schwarber i mean he like like they said on the like they said on the broadcast last night that guy is just meant to hit in home run derbies and I mean, he's a great, great player. Uh, it comes out a lot, too, that these players, quote, quote, veto their opportunity to play in the home run derby just for the simple fact that it makes them feel like it alters their swing and harms their overall game to start the, or to start the second half of the, of the uh, baseball season. Leaves that. I'm one of those that actually believes that it's just an exhibition and it's just clean good fun. It's 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 glorified batting practice to me with a viewership of probably thousands and thousands and millions and mi- or or even millions, you know. I it, to me it's just glorified batting practice. It's supposed to be fun. Like just go out, have fun, enjoy the moment. I mean you only some guys they'll get multiple opportunities to do this thing. Most guys though, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a matter of maybe even just one time. So, in my personal opinion, I say go for it. Just go for it, have fun, and enjoy yourself. Now, with that said, 
we got the All-Star game tonight. And I honestly feel like the American League is about to show exactly what kind of dominance they have in, their, in this side of baseball. But the matchup for the starting pitchers is going to be, in my opinion, the biggest talking point because I think the pitching between both sides is going to be absolutely stellar. We have Kershaw, or no, not Kershaw. We have Chris Sale against Max Scherzer as the starters, and there's so many good storylines. You know, there's that's the thing I like a lot about the All Star Game is that you get a lot of these guys that just come up out of nowhere and just just ball out. And guys like like my own home home team, Shinsu Chu, like he's not starting, but he got an alternate spot. And I really I really think things like that are a good thing for the first time starters. Like the guys like Max Muncie that even last night go harping back to the home run derby. Like it's the guys that that you wouldn't think would ever make a push to get there that get there that make it exciting. But with that said, there's going to be a lot of good storylines to see what happens because, you know, there's going to be a lot of Astros. There's going to be a lot of Yankees. There's going to be a lot of Red Sox. You know, teams like that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun thing. It's going to be a fun thing to see. And, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. But uh, I'm about to have Ian call in here in just one minute so give me just a second what's up buddy I'm gonna put you on speaker hold on what's up Ian what's up man uh, appreciate you taking over for the week because I had to take my daughter to go get her braces but What'd you get into already? I'm talking a little bit on All Star Game, uh, home run derby. I know you said last night in your in your little mini video that you didn't didn't really get into it. I don't know if you've had time to see it yet or not, but I, I thought it was a pretty good competition last night. Yeah, uh, I seen some videos on Twitter last night. I mean, obviously I was at work, but saw that Bryce Harper won. Uh, I know you're a Mr. No Backflip, but in the case of winning the home run derby the way he did, yeah, that, that um, to I me, mean, you, go ahead. You backflips are okay in competitions like that. Agree. Yeah, I like. Uh, can we talk about how his dad is like uh, could eat human beings? For a little bit? <laughs> yeah, can't think it's easy to say where he got his competi- uh, competitive streak from though. Yeah, his dad's not a small human being. No, he's not. But, you know, seeing how his dad reacts to the competition just tells you why he is the type of player that he is because he and his competitive streak is so high, his dad, he gets it from his dad. (laughs) Which a lot of us do. Uh, Yeah. And when you love a sport and you learn and you're taught from your dad or your mother, depending on what sport it is or anything like that uh you kind of live through your children as far as and that's kind of what his dad's doing is they both have a love for the game of baseball 
Absolutely. I mean, it's just one of those. It's just one of those sports where you you just either you love it or you don't. I mean, there's no in between. Yeah, I saw a tweet last night that sports is the one thing where adults can be kid. Where sports bring out the kids and all adults. Like absolutely, you saw that in his dad last night. Oh, for sure. And it did. And I mean, the home run derby is a special thing too because that gives. Because I know it's just. Just somebody throwing the ball, but that gives us somebody, a family member, an experience that they'll never forget. Like Bryce Harper's dad, uh, Javi Baez, he had his brother out there. I mean, you see see some of these guys some years with their high school pitching, like high school coaches and stuff like that. Like that's that's to me that's really really cool. Like this that's see that's one of the things I love about All Star Weekend. You get so many of those kind of really cool feel-good storylines and like surprises and stuff that you don't expect and sometimes you get players that have their sons that are what 18 years old that will be their bat boy and they'll take a break in, in mid uh, round and just go talk to their son or daughter whoever it may be and like all right what am i doing wrong just kind of make it a whole family experience that's why a lot of people that won't they won't might not do the uh home run derby but they'll go to the home run derby game because it's an experience for their kids yes and that's what i touched on earlier when i opened the show you know it's like if everybody that says you know uh the home run derby messes up my swing or whatever i don't want to risk it yada 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 whatever to me i I, i'm just like in my personal opinion i just feel like the home run derby is a glorified batting practice with thousands upon thousands of people that watch yeah it'd be like if people did the dunk contest the way that they, they do practice right because you know we all growing up in practice we would shoot ridiculous shots if you couldn't dunk well if you could dunk all we would do is i couldn't obviously dunk being as short as i was but <laughs> A lot of my friends would get up there and do windmills and 360s and stuff like that. Right. And if they would do more dunks like that where nobody's watching, it would be the slam dunk contest would be awesome. Agreed. That's what's great about, like you said, what's great about the home run derby is if you treat it like batting practice, then it becomes this great spectacle that people pay to would love to watch. Like. There's teams that people go to batting practice just to watch them hit ball. Like the Yankees, I would love to go watch the Yankees hit BP. Especially in their ballpark. Oh my goodness. And you, I mean, and, and even that even harps on back to like the Red Sox, even in their park. I mean, they they have just almost arguably as good an offense as the as the Yankees do. So. And I know you were talking about superstar, maybe superstardom, uh, our hashtag RSG top five, but. Yeah. NBA, but I want to talk about somebody since we're on baseball. Is Big Poppy? He, him, and uh, I don't know if you would call them superstars per se. No, Poppy, Poppy, was, Poppy was a superstar. That's there's no doubt about I'm that. I'm talking about nationally, like, if, and it was just an idea. What I'm saying is, he was one person. If I could go watch him hit BP in his prime, him and Manny Ramirez, I would have loved to see. Oh, for sure. I went to a Rangers-Boston game, but it was before their whole time, and it was in, like, 0-2. And even that, like, if you're talking Red Sox, that even goes back to, like... Uh, Johnny Damon. Yeah. Like, I mean, 
Well, it's maybe not for batting practice, but I mean, there's just so when when you get teams like New York and Boston and you know L.A., you're gonna get guys out there that that wow you. Yeah. And and like going back to what I was saying about the All Star, like the All Star weekend, there's just so many cool things that happen with that. With you know, first year players that or not first year, but first time All Star voters are like all first time All Stars and. People that just can bring out their families just to sit on the infield and watch. Like, that, that that's just something you don't get with any other sport. Yeah, and that's what I love about uh, the, the NBA All-Star Weekend, too, is, like, you get some of these young stars in front, of, in front of fans that normally don't see them, and that's how they become fans of those players. It's who really knew who Aaron, other than the diehard baseball fans, really knew who Aaron Judge was, so he just stormed on the scene in that home run derby where it's like, Right. A player like his or... Heck, heck, even this year in the Home Run Derby with Max Muncy. Like, I remember him from... Yeah. I rem- as somebody who watches a lot of baseball, I remember him a lot from Oakland. But but from a national perspective, you know, not everybody's going to remember him. Not everybody... Not hardly anybody's going to know who he is aside from the Dodgers fans now. Yeah, and I mean... My, one of my favorites, uh, I just want Brandon on his name, Cubs, uh, Swarber. Swarber, like, yeah. Not, if, if you're not a Cubs fan or like a Cardinals fan or somebody that plays the Cubs a lot, like you might not really know who he is, but I, he's just a straight-up baseball player. If mm-hmm. there is any true statement about it. But as I was going on my video yesterday, I really wish there was more superstardom in, in the, like, I would love to see Chris Bryant Yes. Bryce Harper, uh, Aaron Judge, all those type of players where it's like those are true power hitters that I would just love to see. Well, uh, you know, even even though, I mean, you've seen some of those guys like the Stantons and the Judges and, and the Harpers. I mean, they've been there, but maybe not all at the same time, but they, they've all been there, at the, been in it, though. Get off here and let you continue on the show. Have a good show, buddy. All right, brother. Have a good day. All right. And that was my buddy Ian from Rehab Sports Guys checking in. And with that, we're going to go on a little break. Hey guys, it's Ian here from Rehab Sports Guys. You can now book tea times on 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Just go to 12OunceSportsRadio.com and scroll to the bottom of any page in there. There you'll see a banner that says, Book Like a Pro. Click the banner, enter your course, or enter a zip code. Then select a tea time of your choice. You'll get 50% off each time you book through 12 Ounce Sports Radio. So book your next round at 12OunceSportsRadio.com. 1-2-O-Z-SportsRadio.com Welcome back, guys. We're going to get into a little bit more NBA talk, and we're going to do a little bit of the Twitter world's opinion here and what it matters in the grand scheme of things. Everybody wants to talk about hashtag NBA Twitter last night, about this whole thing blowing up. It's stupid. The trolls on it that think they're 
opinion matter way more than it actually does. Okay, so fill me in about what's going on with it. Like, what blew up last night with the NBA Twitter? I, I re- honestly, I really don't even know. I think it was like, as stupid as it was, it was something that wasn't even related to sports. It was just like <clears throat> some random dude that was part of quote quote NBA Twitter got into it with Ari- of all people, Ariana Grande fan bases. <laughs> Like, what is going on, bro? Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we actually doing? Does Ariana Grande have a fan base still? Apparently so. I guess so. I mean, I don't I don't know any of her songs. Um, I know who she is. Yeah, I know I know that she's hot, but other than that... Other yeah, I mean, I mean, she, she, she's banging. I mean, <laughs> I ho- I'm glad... I hope my wife's not listening. I hope <laughs> but, uh, man, like, so a lot of things that I've been seeing lately on Twitter and the NBA is this whole is Kobe top 10. Duh. And it was really hard because, well, and, and then of course Skip put LeBron at like 9 of all time. I'm like, okay. But he has Kobe at 7 and so that was an interesting thing. Um, I think that Twitter is great for the NBA because I see a lot of good stuff on Twitter about the NBA and then I just see a lot of ridiculous Homer stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like Laker fans wanted LeBron so bad back in, like, 2014. And now that LeBron came, it's almost like they don't want him there. And so, it's just it's interesting to see the things that people... And this is just Twitter in general, since I've been on Twitter for the past four months. Just a lot of the stuff... And you can follow me at jwildaguru.com. That's J-W-I-L-L-D-A-G-U-R-U on Twitter. But I see a lot of... Um, I saw a lot of videos posted recently of D. Wade and Derrick Rose. And then I just see asinine things on Twitter about people who... So I want to shout out Point God. I don't know who Point God is, but he's... That was who I was talking about. But I follow him I on, think. I follow him on Twitter, and he says some good stuff. But every once in a while, he'll have some like outrageous posts. Um, I don't have my Twitter with me right now. My phone's charging. But... Oh, so people were also ranking the top five best young teams or whatever. So, like, the top five teams with the best young core. Of course, it was, like, the Celtics, the Lakers, Phoenix. Can I just say Knicks, just, the Knicks fans just need to sit down and shut up? Yeah, because I saw a lot of them trying to back up their guy, Frank. And he is terrible. He is terrible. He cannot shoot the ball to save his life. He... What he he's Tony Allen with a with more passing skill. Now I think Kevin Knox is going to be good, but his shooting's been inconsistent. And so my question is is how do they have that top five list? And I how do they have that top five list and not include Chicago? Chicago's in tarting starting five is under twenty five years old, just on pure talent. Now I agree with you. I have major concerns about three of them dudes: Levine, Chris Dunn, and. Uh, who's the other injury-prone dude they just signed? Jabari Parker. Yeah. And they have one dude on that team that can consistently hit threes, and that's that um, marketing guy who's really good. And Portis. And Portis, but he's not... Portis is going to be coming off the bench for them. So I think their, yeah. st- their starting five is going to be Laurie, Levine, Jabari, Chris Dunn, and I can't remember who the other guy was. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to be Dunn, Levine... Jabari, Lowry, and somebody else, but whoever their power forward is, um, actually no, 
Actually, I take that back. For the Bulls, it would be it would be Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Jabari Parker, Laurie Markkinen, and Robin Lopez. Because he's their starting center. Does he still play for them? Yep. Um, I think the Zach Levine deal was interesting because I, I just injuries. That's Chicago's thing. I mean, it all started with Derrick Rose. For sure. And I really, mean, this goes back really to Jay Williams. And, and really, if you really look at it, it's it's on Thibodeau. Because he's had the same kind of problems in Minnesota with players, too, because of the way he plays them. Because he, he, over, he goes overkill. He goes overkill with his players and basically wears them out. Like, I mean, you can't do that. Joe Kim Noah. Yeah. Derrick Rose. Yep. Zach Levine. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. I mean, at one point in time, I thought Thibodeau was a top five coach, but not anymore. Yeah. It, it's weird because you find this with coaches who he had success in Chicago. And mind you, that one year they had Derrick Rose as the MVP. They went up against LeBron. I'm not going to hold that series against him. But how are you this defensive coach? It's like when Charlie Strong went to Texas. Right. It's like you're supposed to be this defensive guy. He goes to Minnesota. He can't get Andrew Wiggins to play defense. And that was supposed to be Andrew Wiggins' strong suit. He can't get Carl Anthony Towns to play defense. Right. And so, it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, if, if man, if Cat could just play decent defense, he would be, man, he'd be something else. Yeah, that's why people are looking at Okafor, or not Okafor, I'm, 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 I'm silly. Joel Embiid is being the better long-term prospect than Carl Anthony Towns, and Carl Anthony Towns has an amazing offensive arsenal. Right. But back to back to, to the topic at hand, though. Like, the, the impact of NBA Twitter is a good thing, but at the same time, it kind of ruins it. Because it, it, put, it basically pins people... Against each other and 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 coming again, like coming at each other in a way that has nothing to do with sports, a lot of the time. Yeah, that's true because you know our buddy Chase Gage talks about the NBA, and I think we have lots of really good dialogue with Chase Gage. We don't always agree, but at the same time, a lot of these Twitter back and forth then become, like you said, something other than sports. Exactly. That's why, like, me and Ian were talking about it. We love, like, the, not necessarily the beat writers, so to say, but it's like, I guess it would be writers, not beat writers, like, the main people, but the people that have, like, credential with a team that just have side, like, side projects they do, like the Mavs, like the Mavs guys do. There's a lot of those guys that aren't actually, like, accredited to the team as the main beat writer that are actually really good on follows on Twitter. Like, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's with any team, but I, man, right. I, there's like at least two or three, maybe four just in the Mavs fan base alone that, that I can name off top that I really enjoy what they got, their opinions. And a lot of the time. Yeah. A lot of times Twitter just turns into, Oh, well you think that you're dumb. I mean, I hate that crap. And it's like, everyone has an opinion. I posted something, I mean, I, I'm guilty of doing it from time to time, but 
at least make it about the topic at hand. Yeah, like, if we're talking about who's better than this player, then... Just don't make it personal for no reason. Yeah, like, like I don't know you, like, like, to Twitter followers, like, I don't know you, you don't know me. I don't know anything about your personal life. At the end of the day, at this point in time, we all have regular jobs, families, and stuff that we've got to do and responsibilities. Like, I'm a 30-year-old man. I ain't got time to be getting, getting drugged through the mud and called names and stuff like a damn child. Come on. Yeah, I will say I haven't had that experience on Twitter. Now, Facebook's totally different. I'd I be, I be wanting I don't to slap even people fool on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, I mean, that's why that's why we went to Twitter, and now we're on 12 ounces, because people on Facebook just ain't got no damn sense. That's why That's why anybody that ever says anything about some page, sports page on Facebook, I'm like, I don't even bother. I don't even bother, because Facebook is toxic as hell whenever it comes to sports pages. Oh, yeah, and the great thing about Twitter is you've got that... Uh, you've got that unfollow and you got the mute, mute and a block <laughs> and then if you see some stuff you don't like that you're not you can just be like oh, i don't like this page and then i'm like cool we won't show it to you that anymore. and then you can go in your stuff and you can mute anything that you don't want to see in your timeline all the time oh you got to show me how to do that i, I got you on that oh bad because there's man like i and when i say no politics on my page i made a point of having no politics on my page i get that that's a lot of what i've been following because y'all they be trying to get me out here talking about the president i can't do that anyways because i'm in the army and i'm like bro i'm on twitter for sports right that doesn't mean i don't care about what goes on in the real world but that's not why i'm on twitter everybody says oh you shouldn't you shouldn't these people on twitter don't care these people on twitter don't let me just tell you other than jesse and ian some of my closest friends now are people that i met through twitter oh yeah we, we've met great people through twitter um the entire scout team girl sports beer i've got uh and i'm not even talking about the 12 ounce like oh, the 12 yeah. ounce beer. i'm not talking about actually in real life have went and met and hung out with like i've met some really awesome people there's some girl from canada i gotta uh take off my headphones real quick and I'm going to go grab my phone and come back on my Dillaby tie, but I want to shout her out because she has the most awesome Twitter ever, and she don't even talk about sports. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it's a good device for, it's a good device for, uh, you know, connect, connecting people that never in a million billion years would have ever been able to know the existence of each other ever. I mean, if it wasn't for social media, <laughs> Man, if it wasn't for social media, you wouldn't be able to have an exchange with very many people in your own fan base unless you lived in that same area. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Um. So that's that's the thing that that's the thing that I love about NBA Twitter or NFL Twitter or any kind any kind of sports related Twitter following is you wouldn't be able to talk like that with anybody that you, that you have common interest with unless that you lived in that area or went to games or something there you know something that did come out of twitter that was good was our uh so if you were anywhere as close to adulthood or a teenager back in like 2007 2008 then you remember all of the uh chuck norris stuff Mm-mm. so the other day I saw something about LeVar, and I know we don't. Mm-hmm. I know we say we don't talk about LeVar on here. I, saw, I know where you're going. But we took this thread, and we started basically. 
we started this whole LaVar says I can do this better than you. So I started it off by saying that LaVar probably told Jesus that he could have resurrected on the second day. Yeah, so, and so then LaVar would probably convince somebody that the sky wasn't actually blue. Yeah, and then I said, uh, what did I say? LaVar would have created the world in, in five days. And then somebody, who was it that posted the meme? Of, Loudbeard. Uh, Loudbeard posted the meme of Chuck Norris. Like karate kicking. Yeah, it was Ball. either Loudbeard or Chris America. I think it was. I think it was Loudbeard or Chris America, whichever one of y'all did it. That was hilarious. Shout out! To, shout out! By the way, Scout Team Radio, you catch their show. I haven't been able to catch their show lately, but did I hear right that they have a daily show they, now? I think so. Yeah, I do believe that they do have a daily show because I was coming back from Little Rock the other day, taking my dad uh, for something up there. And uh, I actually heard them on the way back. So Yeah, Scout Team's out here doing great things. And if you guys aren't familiar with how we got the 12-ounce, we were on Twitter, and I added like a billion people on Twitter, which people get upset with me about. <clears throat> but I get it, and i I got to clean up some of my follows. But in the course of that mass Twitter, we got in contact with the guys from 12-ounce, and they liked our stuff, and now we're on 12-ounce, so we're forever grateful to them. Um and absolutely, Scout Team, if you're listening, Mac with the Golden Mike, Loudbeard, and Chris America, we have got to, at some point, make this thing happen to where us, What's Up, What's Up, Sports, and Scout Team, like, we got to kick it at some point. Oh, for sure. we got to collab one of these days. If we, if we ever, ever, ever end up somewhere in Florida. And you know the crazy part is I was in Orlando like three months before we got in touch with Scout Team, and we could have really used y'all's help down there in Orlando because uh, it's uh, – it's an interesting city. We is is actually proposed to my wife down there, and uh, and so I also I, mean, I was at Epcot on New Year's Eve. But yeah, the thing about Twitter, oh, Innocent Illusion. I'm not even sure if she listens to our show, but if you want a good follow, it's at Diana G two seven seven two. And this is not about sports, but she, she's got so she has stuff that's like I'm too Monday for a drunk. And then she, oh, she, one of her tweets was, can we petition for a Monday happy hour from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., please? So 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. was a great idea. So I messaged her, or I, I commented, and I said, what, I said something about, um, about a different happy hour. I'm going to pull this up real quick, because I like to shout out my Twitter followers. I said, happy hour from 7 a.m. to 6.59 a.m., er day. And so she liked it. And so, uh, but yeah, so that's just a cool person on Twitter. And that's probably going to be a new thing that I do every show is I'm going to shout out just some random person on Twitter. Um, and, and Twitter's been great for networking. Like there, there's ridiculous things I see all the time. You know, let's see. Uh, NBA buckets. Oh, yes. Let's address NBA buckets right now. NBA buckets. He's at NBA underscore buckets. He says, in all honesty, if anyone thinks Harden isn't a top five player in the league, it's just wrong. I've seen way too many lists putting him out of the top five, and it's flat out disrespectful. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't play defense, and he's a reluctant passer, is what Jim Jackson will tell you. And, 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 and let's let's let, let let's put another spin, if you will, on what <laughs> what what my one of my favorite Mad followers at Captain Jackass would say calls him Jim Harden. Let's talk about how the fact he always chokes in the big game. Yeah, and where, where hey 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 Rocket fans, where where's where's Jim at whenever you need him? He disappears every single time. 
Yeah, and I think that's a fair criticism of Harden because they were up in that series. Chris Paul gets hurt, and then James Harden. That whole team disappeared too. But yeah, and it's one of those things that uh, that he said was that like, he insinuated. And, and listen, NBA buckets, I have nothing against you, but it's not disrespectful to have an opinion that's different. So if I don't think James Harden, I would say James Harden's in the top ten in the NBA, maybe top fifteen. But listen, yeah, he won an MVP. But I can say that I think LeBron's better. I think KD's better. I think Steph's better. That's three. Right. I think Russell Westbrook is a better player. I would have Russell maybe. I, I think Anthony Davis is a better all-around player. I think Giannis right. is a better all-around player. I think when we have more more information, we will end up saying that Joel Embiid's a better all-around player than him. So now, if you want to say best scores in the NBA, yeah, because a lot of people say it's disrespectful not to put John Wall up there. But what has John Wall done without help? Good point. Or, or like, like you know, like I would say that I would, I would, if Kyrie would stay healthy, I would, I would think Kyrie's a better basketball player. Now he don't play great defense either. But now James Harden's a gifted scorer. No one's saying he's trash. No right. one's saying he's a bad basketball player. But Kevin McHale said what he said about him. And listen, if that's your guy and he's in your top five, I don't think it's disrespectful to put him in there. We can agree to disagree, but don't say that it's disrespectful not to put Harden in the top five because he's got one MVP and he plays in a... Like, he's obviously benefited from the Dan Tony system. It's like telling me that Steve Nash is the greatest point guard of all time. No, he's not. Now, Steve Nash is a Hall of Famer, but he absolutely benefited from Dan Tony's system. So, yeah, let, let's not sit here and act like James Harden has been torching the league. Now... Is James Harden an all-NBA player? Yes. Is he an all-star? Yes. Is he a superstar? Yes. I don't have to have him in my top five if I don't want to have him in my top five. Just like if I don't feel like I want Kobe in my top ten, and I'm not saying I do or I don't, but I can make an argument for ten guys better than Kobe. What I can't do is make an argument for 15 guys better than Kobe. So if you've got Kobe in the 20s, yeah, I don't think you watch basketball. But, and the other thing about that, too, is getting off topic a little bit, is eras. So, a lot of people won't put guys like Oscar, Wilt, and Russell in their top ten because they weren't alive to see him, and I respect that. But I could also, but if you tell me you think Kobe's in the top ten, I don't think you're stupid. I think you have an argument. Chris America just chimed in. He said, if you're going to criticize Harden for losing to the Warriors by himself in games six and seven, then you have to say LeBron can't lead either because LeBron shouldn't win a game by himself either. Well, let's... Okay, Chris America. I like it. I disagree for one reason. Look... So, in a vacuum, yeah, well, LeBron could beat the Warriors by himself. Well, yeah, but James Harden still had... James Harden had the better coach. James Harden had Clint Capella. James Harden's team won 63 games, and... LeBron still put up numbers in those games. LeBron wasn't the reason they lost. James Harden is absolutely... If James Harden is a superstar, and now, I, okay, so I see the argument that Chris is making, and I don't totally disagree, but I'm actually looking at their games, and I just don't like James Harden's game. But right. it, but, but I, I, like I said, I respect Chris's opinion, and I love it when Chris and Loudbeard and those guys come with different takes because I think that's what's needed. I just disagree. I, like, don't, sure. don't, don't compare Harden to the best player in the world, Chris. Uh, no. No, no, no. It, hey, is, is Chris the LeBron hater on scout team? Uh, I'm not it sure. Would, it would sure appear that way. 
Hey, uh, let's, let's ask Mac what he thinks. But no, no, hey, hey good tweet, uh, Chris. Uh, Golden Mike, your, your opinion is needed, sir. We're calling you. We, you, you, you have been called from the break room to <laughs> the front. Um, the manager needs you to talk to the customers about Harden and LeBron. Uh, uh, Mister, <laughs> Mister, Mister, Men's Underwear Model, your your assistance is needed. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> I, I did hear about that on one of, the, on one of their shows, man. Hey, 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 Mac, I just want to let you know, they sometimes be doing you dirty when you're gone, bro. I, <laughs> they I hope you killing you, bro. <laughs> now, they were like, he ain't never here. Oh, man. Oh, man, that's funny. I hope my guys don't do that because I'm out of the studio more than Stephen no, A. Smith. No, no, we, we respect the military. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we, say, we, we just say that Jesse does his playing military man for the weekend and – and and he'll be back next week. That's about all we say. Oh yeah. So by the way, from August thirteenth to August nineteenth, I'm going to be gone again for another week. But aye, aye, aye. yeah, so I might miss a show. But the good news is, is rehab sports guys just moved back an hour, so I don't have to miss every show during football season. That's right. Hallelujah. I and, am so and, ready for football season. And, and the producer man actually taught somebody me how to do something for a change, so I get to run the show once in a while when need be. Absolutely, absolutely. So that way we're not just relying on Ian all the time. So Ian, let's, oh, by the way, if y'all don't know, have you told him why Ian's not here? I have. He, Ian was on earlier. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Ian out there, you know, getting his daughter some braces, right? Is that what that was? Yeah, up? yeah. That was a good thing, you know. Family first, and so family first. Happy and, wife, happy life. Yeah, he said that to me, and I still came on the show. But the wife, <laughs> the wife was like, "You better come home right after the show." So. uh if you're under the age of 18, earmuffs, but like I'm sure y'all know what that means. So I've been yeah. gone for two weeks, so yeah, and I'm hungry, so all that. But yeah, uh, but yeah, we're let's let's hit a break real quick. Oh, oh wait a minute, before we go on break, okay, I, okay. So I just got saw this tweet from Street Disciple, and this is 12 hours ago. NBA Twitter washed Ariana Grande when they brought up Lou Aldang's net worth compared to hers. See, that's funny, but. See what I'm saying? I bet Ariana. You, okay, real quick, you think Ariana, Ariana Grande or Lou Dang has more money? I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if Lou Dang does have more money, it's because of 2016. <laughs> you can thank Adam Silver. <laughs> you can thank Adam Silver for that one. But yeah, we're gonna hit this break real quick, and then when we come back, we'll do our first round of NFL division breakdowns. Absolutely, we'll, we'll be back. back. At you. And we are back, guys. This is Rehab Sports Guys live on 12-Ounce Sports Radio. And now we're going to do a little dive into our beginning of NFL division breakdowns. And we're going to start this week with, I suppose we'll start with my team and our division, the Titans and the AFC South. Yeah. So I'm going to make a quick point about the AFC South. The AFC South used to be... Indianapolis and everybody else, right? Absolutely. And it used to be that Houston was all right, and Tennessee was in, and Jacksonville was awful. No, no, I'll call it like it is. I love love my Titans, but it wasn't, and we were were garbage. And then, now, you look at this year. So, when I was on duty, I was trying to figure this division out. And I initially had... Tennessee in first place just because they're the, they're, they won the division last year, didn't they? No, 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 no. No, we didn't. Jacksonville, it was Jacksonville. Jacksonville won the division. They should have, but right, right. But y'all made the y'all both made the playoffs, and then Houston's quarterback got hurt, and then Indianapolis Andrew Luck didn't play a, a snap last year, and so 
it went from being this terrible division to actually, I think, one of the more interesting divisions because for sure, if you're if you don't have a horse in the race and you just looked at the rosters, I think you could throw all the teams in the air and let it settle. And unless you had Indianapolis winning the division, Indy would probably be out out of that conversation though, because they other than Andrew like they and T.Y. Hilton, they really don't have much. The only thing I would say. Is, and I'm not as high on Andrew Luck as some of these super, like he's going to be a top five quarterback of all time, crazy people on Twitter or e- even in the media that, that just will not acknowledge some of the flaws he has. But I've also, the, the fact is, is they have, how do I say this? Of all the quarterbacks in the division, they have the most proven quarterback one healthy. Andrew Luck's been to an AFC Championship game. He went to the playoffs his first couple years. He's got the yards. He is the prototypical quarterback in the division. I'm not saying at this point he's the best quarterback in the division, but I'm saying up to this point, if you were going to point at the best quarterback in the division in his first four years, you would have said Andrew Luck. And that's because Mariota's only been in the league for three years. And so Andrew Luck's been in there a little longer. He went to an AFC Championship game. We know all about the flake gate. But... So here's my question. Can we stop with the Deshaun Watson as the one of the top quarterbacks in the league crap? It, 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 he's, he played seven games. Let me let let me repeat this for you. Anybody that's listening that wants this opinion. Seven games. He didn't even finish half the year. And I agree with that. Now I, I think it is fair to be optimistic about his skill set and how talented he could be. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt that Deshaun Watson has all the talent in the world. I'm not – listen, listen. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. Right, right. The guy just hasn't done enough to prove himself. Oh, well, he was projected for, for 5,000 yards, blah, 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 blah. Projections don't mean anything. What do you think is going to happen whenever somebody finally figures out how to slow down Deshaun, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins? Right. Crickets. Nothing. I think that the intrigue around the Houston Texans is they've always had a really decent to good defense. We still sure. don't we still don't know how good of a coach Bill O'Brien is. I think that's fair. And some of that's Bill's fault, some of that's the fault that he has the worst luck with injured quarterbacks, it seems. He's had an injured quarterback every year. Another thing that is alarming to me is when's the last time we saw Matt Shaw play football? True. And now he or, or is is he the backup at Atlanta now? I think he's in Atlanta. He's in Atlanta, but I remember he was good with the Texans. Because remember, he started Atlanta. I remember who the Texans. Let me look this up while you're talking. Um, I know who it isn't, and it's not Brock Osweiler. No, he's gone. Um, he's he's actually the backup in I think Miami or something stupid like that. Yeah, he's in Miami. Right. So I oh I had all this written down, but I didn't bring my notebook. Um, you're cool. I got you. Um, is it Case Keenum? No, 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 no. No, Keenum is in Minnesota. Or no, no, no. Keenum started quarterback. At, yeah, he started quarterback at Denver. I knew that. Um, I'm not an idiot. Twitter. I just I get confused. Um, whoever the court back at quarterback in Houston is, I don't think it's very good. Well, no, but that's what you're going to get with most backup quarterbacks anyway. They're most of them. Most of them aren't going to be very good. Right. Hint why I don't want anything to happen to Mariota. God forbid. If we if we lose Mariota, we're not winning another game. Oh yeah, yeah. If y'all lose Mariota, you can just we're done. You, you, you might as well start your third-string quarterback and keep Mariota healthy. Um, well, and for those who don't know, 
The Titans' backup quarterback is Blaine Gabbert. Yes, and Blaine Gabbert, I don't care what you think your eyes tell you. Blaine Gabbert is awful. As somebody who not only is a Titans fan, but also somebody that grew up as a 49er fan, I had to suffer through Blaine Gabbert once already. It was bad enough with San Francisco. I really, really didn't want to have to do it again. <laughs> and But thank God he's just a backup, and hopefully that's all he's ever going to be for us. And he, um, hopefully, hopefully he never has to see the field. Yeah, because Mariota had a disappointing year last year, even though they still made the playoffs. I think last year is an aberration. I really do. Mariota. Oh, that was absolutely an aberration. Hey. That coaching staff, I, I keep harping on it. Let, let me put this into perspective for people. The coaching staff for the Titans last year was so bad that our offense actually ran better when they weren't the ones calling the plays. Your coaching staff was so bad that you won a playoff game and they got rid of the entire staff. Exactly. Not Y'all didn't just make the playoffs to get rid of the coaching staff. Y'all beat the Chiefs. Brandon Whedon is the Texans' backup quarterback. That's again. right, the Weed Man. I bet he hates that nickname, too. <laughs> Unless he smokes weed, and I'm not against that. I'm not, I'm not saying you should smoke weed, Brandon Whedon, because the NFL will suspend you for 35 <laughs> games. But if you throw somebody across the parking lot of the opposite sex, they'll probably only give you two. But yes. Uh-huh. But Brandon Whedon, yeah, we... Listen, I, I look at Brandon Whedon the same way I look at Blaine Gabbert. The same way I looked at Matt Castle. I saw them dudes come out of oh, college. God, can I can I mention how glad I am that Castle's no longer in Nashville? Good God Almighty! Oh, that brings me a question I meant to ask you about. Oh. How do you feel about? And I know he did. He wasn't good last year, but he was good for y'all before. How do you feel about Demarco Murray retiring? Just as a football fan, it was time. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think we're gonna look back and say he had two let, really, let really good years. Let me say this. Let me say this. He was. He was really good for y'all. He, he was, ago. he was, yeah. Before last year, he was really, good. he had a really good year. The thing that I won't bash, the reason I won't bash on Demarco, even if though he had a pretty much a bad year last year, he instilled something in our franchise that we haven't had in a very, very long time. Two things, actually. He instilled. The, 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 he instilled a toughness in this team and put the team on his back at 28 years old and said that he was gonna he could be the back and he was going to carry this team as far as they could possibly go. Another thing, he brought back winning. He helped bring back what it means to be a winner in the NFL again. And for that, for those two reasons, and those two reasons, if anything else, are are why I respect the hell out of Demarco Murray. Right, and y'all and y'all were right to release him, and I think he's smart to retire because. Do you think this has anything to do with the fact that Dallas? And I know Ian's not here to defend his organization, and I'm not. This is not me bashing the Cowboys, except for in this instance, they absolutely ran Demarco Murray into the ground for I think the sole purpose of they wouldn't have to pay him. I believe that. I believe they didn't want to commit to a long term, which is the Cowboys' right. And now, mind you, Tony Romo was a way better quarterback when DeMarco Murray was running the football uh, effectively. Okay, I, I'll disagree with that. They ran I him don't, into I, the ground. They did run him into the ground, but I don't think it was out of out of ill will. 
I don't I, think they wanted him to get hurt, but I think no, they, I mean, it wasn't a matter of wanted, getting hurt. It wasn't a matter of wearing him out either. I don't think that was the intention. I just think that they went with what was working, and that and him running the ball was what was working. So that's what happened. So I mean, and I, I, I in, in, in in all honesty, that's exactly what's going to happen with Zeke at the rate they're going. Yeah, they cause... have to find somebody who can they can rely on to throw the ball to, or else Zeke's going to be gone out the league and. In seven to eight years, too, if, if not sooner. I mean, you just cannot. It, and it's a wonder Le'Veon's lasted as long as he's lasted with the kind of, with the kind of, uh, told that they have, or with the production that they depend on out of him. Yes. I mean, you just can't. In this league, in the way the game of football is now, you cannot run your running backs into the ground like that. You have to either have somebody who can. Who can spare them on snaps, or you have to have another option to get to get the get the pressure off of them. I mean, you can't run running backs into the ground. They, there's a reason. There's a reason why in the NFL that that running backs have the smallest shelf life of any position in football. I uh, mean, other than offensive line. No, even the worst. They're the worst. Running backs have the worst shelf life of any of any position in the NFL. I mean, you just can't. You just cannot do that. That's the same. That's what drove Demarco into the ground. That's what what's going to drive Zeke into the ground. That's what's going to ultimately probably drive be what drives Le'Veon into the ground because you cannot do it. That's why Barry retired. They did it to Priest Holmes in Kansas City. Yep. You what? just can't do it. Yeah. So back to this division. Um. So we'll start with the Titans. Um. What do you think of y'all's offseason? I like our offseason, man. I, our defense, between the draft and what what we did in free agency, I really liked the moves that we made. We drafted Harold Landry. We picked up Malcolm Butler. Uh, we picked up Benny Logan on the edge. I mean, uh, we we picked up Rashard, uh, Rashad Evans, linebacker, Alabama. I mean, I we went really, really heavy on defense. My biggest thing, and I've talked about this till I'm basically blue in the face in my in my Titans group chat that I'm in, is our receiving core. Yeah. Our receiving core is basically what is the scariest part of the team to me is because we have no depth whatsoever at that position, and we have no true number one starter. I've said it. Like I said, tell I'm blue in the face that if this offense is going to be successful, it depends on De- on Derrick Henry being able to r- be effective running the football, and it's going to depend on these receivers being able to be schemed open. Yes. I.e., what Kyle Shanahan did with the Falcons outside, not only not with not Julio, but everybody else on that team. Right. You have to be able to. When you have less than stellar talent as a whole, you have to be able to scheme players open sometimes. And that's what Dallas wasn't able to do last year. So, to me, so you've got Mariota, who I think will bounce back and be better. You've got a new coaching staff. You've got a good defense. There's no reason why y'all shouldn't at least be. I don't see any way that we lose less than, that we win less than 10 games. Yeah, I think, I think. I think ten is the worst you'll do, and I think 
11. I think 12 is a stretch. I'll, I'll say as bad, as low as 10 and 6 and as high as 13 and 3. And that and, brings, and, and the high being like way, right, way high. Right. That, that would be – and it depends on how your schedule fares out too. And then you've got Jacksonville and Houston. and We own Jacksonville. I don't – they don't scare me. You know, I would – my only thing is if Jacksonville had any other... Der- Derrick Henry is... J- J- Jalen Ramsey has been sunned by Derrick Henry more times than I can count already. Like, that, Der- whenever Jalen Ramsey goes into the game with Tennessee and he and he meets up with Demo- with Derrick Henry, he just needs to start referring to him as father. Like, like I mean, just at this point, he just, he just it's, he's no contest. No contest. We own them. Yeah, but that was last year, and this is one point I was going to make. Listen, let me talk. This is what I was going to talk about with Jacksonville. I have no idea why they still have Blake Bortles at quarterback. Yes, he played well in the playoffs, but they have Blake Bortles at quarterback, and that is the sole reason. Because I think their defense is stacked. They've got lots of talent on offense. They got Fournette. They got those receivers. I can't think of any of their names right now, but I know they've got some depth at receiver. My problem is with Blake Bortles, so I just don't think you can win a division two years in a row with Blake Bortles as your quarterback. Here's what I think. I think that the Jaguars are the 2000 Ravens. That's what I think. They're a team that's going to stay in competition. They're going to be in the running for the division for the longest time. Based off of their defense. Yes. But their offense, do not let it fool you. Do not let it fool you. Their their offense is not good. They have no Allen Robinson. They have no Allen Hearns. They have no receiving game. And all they have is an oversized running back in Leonard Fournette that when they stack the box against him, he isn't going to be as effective either. Yeah, so I, I think last year was a the year they needed to make all the noise they could. Houston, J.J. Watt's not the same player he was. And their offensive line is absolutely atrocious. Yeah, so this may be another year where Deshaun, I don't wish injury on anybody, but Deshaun's going to have a hard time making it out of the year if they don't fix that. Mm-hmm. I don't think O'Brien's a good coach. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think no. he's just, eh. He's just a guy. And he's just a guy. He's, he, he reminds me a little bit of Ben McAdoo. A guy, a place, a, a place filler. And I don't think Ben McAdoo's a bad coach. I mean, Eli got better when McAdoo was their offensive coordinator. That being said, it's different being the offensive coordinator than it is being the head coach. That's always been my problem this is with true. Jason Garrett. Mike Tomlin was a defensive guy, but he he is he is the coach. Like, yes, he a player's coach, yes, but, I mean, he is the guy. Bill O'Brien, they've been trying to get rid of him for three years, and they just keep bringing him back. Um and I like Deshaun Watson. I really do. Um, I love Deshaun Watson as the person. As the player, he's a good player. But he's not he plays, he proven play, he yet. Plays, he plays for Houston and he's not proven yet. So, of course, you're going to root against him. He plays for the enemy. Like, the, the whole city. But I won't I won't bait you there. And in Indianapolis, they've got Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. And they're, they're not winning much. I don't think so either. And, and they're wasting Andrew Luck's career. They're wasting T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, they're wasting both of their careers. Luck is done. Let, let's just face facts. Luck is done. You know, they said the same thing about Drew Brees when he had shoulder issues. He's done. Luck is done, done. He, he hasn't played in basically two years. 
luck is done. He, I, 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 he, people can get mad about it all they want to. That's that's your right. But Andrew Luck is D O N E done. He he he's not going. He might eventually be a above average quarterback again. But he's never going to be a great quarterback again. She's just not. That wouldn't surprise me. A lot of people will think that I would try to back Andrew Luck. And listen, he was turnover prone before, and he had all the tools before. Now he's been hurt multiple times. He's been beat up his whole career. Mm-hmm. He takes too many risks. He plays for a, and I'm going to say this, and I drove through Indianapolis, or I rode through Indianapolis yesterday, and rode past Lucas Oil Stadium. I am going to say this, and I stand by this when I say this. Indianapolis is a terribly run football franchise. The only reason Indianapolis ever has success, and I'm not talking about when they were in Baltimore, is because of Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning. Absolutely. Their owner is garbage. Their front office is garbage. Their offensive line is garbage. There is a reason that John Elway said he would not play for them. Mm-hmm. The great John Elway, the football player. John Elway, the football player. Yeah. Because to this point, John Elway has proven as a GM that all he could do is get Peyton Manning to come play for him and get a good defense. Well, he did win a Super Bowl. Because he got Peyton Manning in a good, what I say, a good defense. <laughs> On the defensive side of the ball, True. Elway's been great. And I like, I listen, I love John Elway. Like, don't get it twisted, but I don't care if John Elway was my cousin. When I get on these airwaves and I get on this microphone, just like you and Ian, I speak the truth. Uh-huh. And I, and that's what I said about Indianapolis. Your organization has failed you. You know, you know when the arrow goes and he shoots people, he's like, you have failed this city. Like, yeah. like Jim Ursay has failed the city of Indianapolis. That is a great really sports. Has. That's a great sports town and state. Like, Larry Bird is from Indiana, okay? Like, Indiana has Hoosiers. Indiana is... The Pacers have always semi-stayed relevant because... They, they have Indiana basketball. Like, they yes, would have been good. They have, that's a great sports place. Yeah. and one of the, That's one of the most underrated sports states that there is. And who's been the dysfunction constantly in that? In, in this? The Indianapolis Colts. You're waste, you wasted Andrew Pacers career. at some point, to an extent. Yeah, they had Larry Bird in the front office for a while, though, so they've kind of stayed up there. And, and they're at least... A, we're not over to have the NBA. The Indiana Pacers are going to be fun this year. I wish Lance was still over there with all that craziness. That's going to be funny to watch Lance Stevenson with with LeBron. That's going to be crazy. But the Colts are... I, I tried to put the Colts at third in this division, but unless Blake Bortles literally... Like, unless Blake Bortles kidnaps the GM, the head coach, the position coach, the offensive coordinator, and makes them play him while throwing 30 interceptions, like... The Jaguars are going to be better than the Colts. The Texans are going to be better than the Colts. Let, let, let's just okay. I'll give my prediction on on records, and you can do yours. Um, I got Tennessee going. I'm going to say we're going to go twelve and twelve and four. Four, yeah. Not crazy. My math wasn't very good, but for a moment there. Yeah, I got twelve and four for us. I think, being honest here, I really think that the AFC South is going to be a a three team race until about week nine or ten. 
and then I think you'll start seeing the Texans fall off, and then around week 12 or 13, then you'll see the Jaguars fall off, and then Titans will take over. That's just my opinion. I think it'll be neck and neck till about week 9 or 10, then fall off, and then the second fall off, and then you'll have your division winner. Like, I got Tennessee at 12 and 4. I got Jacksonville at 10 and 6. I got Houston at 8 and 8. And Indy's just going to be a dumpster fire at, like, five and five or six wins. That's, if if that. Like, uh, let, let, you know, let's, let's, Let's say that Andrew Luckey is healthy, and he plays. I think they go. Six and ten. I'm about to say I can't see him winning anything more than seven, and that's that's me saying Andrew Luck puts up 4,500 yards. So I'll give mine. I've got Tennessee winning the division also at 11 and five. I've got. I'm gonna take Houston in second at ten and six. I've got Jacksonville at eight and eight, just because I have no faith in Blake Bortles. And I've got Indianapolis. I'm trying to think of the rest of the AFC and I just I don't see it. I think Miami's gonna be a dumpster fire. I think Buffalo's gonna be a dumpster fire. I think Cleveland's gonna win more games. And I'm only going to these divisions to see where I want to place them in the hierarchy at the bottom of this conference. And I think the AFC West is pretty competitive. So I'm going to say that if Andrew Luck's healthy, I give them I get I, I got them five and eleven. That's what I got. Five and eleven. Now that I think about it, just because, and I think Andrew Luck is going to be the best quarterback to ever play for a five and eleven team, and he's just going to look around and be like, "What am I supposed to do?" Like, who who is the Indianapolis Colts running back? Good question. Exactly. Like I can, I, like who, who, who's the Texans running back? Lamar Miller. Is he still there, Lamar Miller? Yeah. So at least I know who Lamar. Like I, I, I thought I thought it was. So they got Lamar Miller, Derrick Henry, and mm, Derrick Henry's in Tennessee. I'm, I'm saying in the division. Oh, okay, I got. So you, you got Derrick Henry in Tennessee. You've got Lamar Miller in Houston. You've got Leonard Fournette, and is Chris Ivory still in Jacksonville? No. Okay, I don't. I don't remember where he went. He went somewhere. He left. He got cut. Away or whatever. Right, so... And that's just one of these divisions. It's just... And harping back on what we were saying earlier about DeMarco, Chris America chimed in. He said, DeMarco getting 392 carries on top of 50-plus receptions definitely took two or three seasons off his career. Probably won't see someone with over 400 touches in a season ever again. I agree. I think you will this year, and then you won't see it again. And, I, and, and people are going to think I'm going to say Le'Veon Bell, and I'm not. I think if David Johnson's healthy in Arizona, and if Josh Rosen has to play... They still have Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, but it doesn't matter who your wide receiver is if you have a rookie quarterback who can't get him the ball. Sure. And that's the only, that's the only reason. That's the only way I see it. Now, if you have Sam Bradford staying healthy, and Rosen gets to sit for at least a three-fourths of the year, then I do not think... They have to have Johnson. Yeah, I I don't think Rosen will be the one to start out there. I think, no, Bradford will. Yeah, Bradford will be there for the first few little while. And so. just, but he's injury prone, so that that's the only reason I would see Johnson having to get that many touches, because if Fitz they lost John Brown in the receiving course, so Fitzgerald is now a slot receiver. 
Yeah. First ballot Hall of Famer that they won't put him in in the first ballot. Can we? What time is it? We got twenty more minutes. Um. Screw going. You want to say screw going to break and just roll on through the end? Uh, or you want to take a break? Yeah, we'll take. We'll, we'll we'll hit a short break real quick. We'll be back. <laughs> 